This morning, I want us to continue in our study that we've been taking out of the book of Proverbs. And uh, we've studied, we titled the, the series of messages, The Path, the uh, a study in, in the wisdom of Proverbs for us as we walk along the road that we're on. Now, we've, we've talked about several different aspects of of walking the path that we're on. Uh, we've looked at several principles. We're not necessarily studying through uh, Proverbs, but we are looking at the truths that can, we can draw from them to, to apply to our lives. We've talked about the fact that we're all on a path, and the path can only take you where that path is leading. You can't get on I-70 either direction and end up in Minneapolis. Now, I guess you could if you went a roundabout way, but you can't go there on I-70 because I-70 doesn't go there. And besides, it's cold up there. You don't want to go there right now. But we can only go in the direction or to the destination where the path that we're on will take us. So today, and really throughout this whole time, I've I haven't given you a, a name for that path, but today I want to do that. And, and I want you to examine if you are on what I'm going to call the Jesus path. Because our desire, I think, is that one day we will go to heaven. We will spend eternity with God. Well, there's only one road that leads there, and that's the Jesus path. And so we want to... Uh, we want to look at how do we walk on and stay on this Jesus path. I, I know I'm a desperately young man, but I've lived a long time. And in doing that, I've discovered that it's hard to stay on, this, on the Jesus path. Even if you're a pastor and you're, you spend much of your time during the week in church and you... Don't deal with what a lot of those of you who work in the in the workplace do, the language that you have to deal with and, and all the stuff that goes on uh, around you. You still have hard time staying on that path. And so uh, today we're going to talk about staying focused. To do that, I want you to open your Bible to Proverbs chapter 4, and we're going to read some verses that where... Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, gives us counsel and direction for how it is that we can stay on the path. Now, I'm titling this message, Look Where You're Going. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Uh, those of you who have ever been runners, maybe track in school or something like that, you know that they train you to keep your eye on the finish line. If you start watching the other people around you, you're going to trip, you're going to fall, you're going to get out, out of your lane, something like that. Keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the finish line. In running the Jesus race, it's important what we're looking at. It's important where our focus is. And so I want you to see what Solomon says in chapter 4, beginning at verse 25. Solomon says, let your eyes look directly forward. Do you, by the way, does that, is that not a direct statement? Is there anything ambiguous about that? 
Don't let your eyes look any direction other than straight forward. Keep your eyes directly where you're walking. And your gaze be straight before you. Ponder, pay attention to the path of your feet, where you're walking, what, what kinds of things you're walking on. If you're not careful where you're walking, you might step on something like a Lego or something like that when you're bare feet and it can hurt. Or you might trip over a, a rock or a, a tree limb. Keep, ponder, pay attention to the path under your feet. Then your ways will be sure. Then he says in verse 27, do not swerve to the right or to the left. By that, he means as you're walking down this path, don't do this and don't do this. You know why? You're going to fall off the path. Don't swerve to the right or to the left. You turn your foot away from evil. Now, these words, this, this, uh, uh, this instruction that, that is given to us by Solomon is instruction to keep us on the path that we're supposed to be on. But the word path or paths is used significantly in the book of Proverbs. In fact, path or paths are mentioned 29 times in Proverbs. Question, do you think that Solomon thinks this is important? He speaks about it 29 times in the book of Proverbs. For instance, here's, here are some of the ways that he uses paths or path. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 15. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Talking about the people that are around you. Hold back your foot from their paths. Or Proverbs chapter 2, verse 9. He talks about following the way of wisdom. And he says, then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, comma, every good path. He, 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 these are the paths that you want to take. If you stay on the right path, you'll understand what's good and right and fair. And that's a good path to be on. Or he says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6, we, talk, we talked about this just a couple of weeks ago. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26. Ponder the path of your feet, and then all your ways will be sure. And we could go on. As I mentioned, there's 29 times that the word path or paths are, are chosen. But he's saying, what he's saying is it matters what path you're on, and it matters that you stay on that path, and you don't let anything divert you off of that path. I got to tell you that as I prepared for this morning's message, I thought this is about as practical as, as I've ever preached about. This is just how to stay on the right, on the Jesus path, on the right road. It matters that you're on the Jesus path because only he will take you to heaven. But in this world that we live in, there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of uh, 
distractions and roadblocks. We're going to talk about those next week. Uh, but there are all sorts of these things that will try to pull you off and to divert you off of the path. Now, here there are some principles that we need to look at today. And a principle is just a statement of truth, and it applies across the board. This is not just something to get you through a study in, pair of, uh, in Proverbs. This is also something that affects every avenue of your life, staying focused. So here's principle number one. We've already looked at this. That is what we'll call the principle of the path. And here is what the principle of the path is. The path that you are on determines your destination. We looked at that in week one. The path you are on will determine where you end up. You get on the wrong path somewhere in life. Now, I know I'm going to sound like your mother and your father and your grandmother and your grandfather and your pastor or whatever. But the path that you are on matters. It matters how you live your life. You can't desire to end up over here while you're walking that way. You have to go the right direction. So the path that you were on will determine what your destination is. So what is it that you want to be when you grow up? I'm still asking myself that question. What do you want to do? What do you want to end up? It matters what you choose to do with your life. I want to be a concert pianist. And I've just been waiting all my life to be, to be one of them. I've watched them on TV. I like to listen to I I marvel at, at Lori and others who play, Brian who play on our, on our piano. And, and I, I so much want to be it, but you know what I'm not doing? I'm not doing anything to get me there. In order for me to get to the destination I want to arrive at, it matters what road I'm taking as I go through life. You don't just magically become something. It takes focus. So principle number one, the principle of the path. Principle number two that we're going to look at today is the, what we'll call the principle of attention. Now stay with me on this one. What, here's the principle, what gets your attention determines the direction that you travel on the path. Okay, we just said, let me go back up and say that the, the principle of the path is the path that you're on determines your destination. And what gets your attention on that path determines the direction that you go. Ultimately, therefore, it will determine your destination. So as I'm walking down this path, what I'm doing as I go and what I'm focusing on, where, what direction I turn my attention will determine if, I, if I'm headed the right way or not. It will determine the direction I have. Have you ever walked a dog? A dog on a leash is just happy and bouncy and skipping through this walk that you probably didn't want to take, but you're doing it for the dog's health and all these things. And you're bouncing along, and that dog is just nose straight ahead, and everything's fine until out of the corner of his eye, squirrel. And then it all breaks loose, right? Because he loses attention. 
he loses his focus and he jerks your arm in the process as he takes off of that squirrel. That's a dog. What is it that, that grabs our attention? As we're, we have good intentions for the day and I'm going along and by the time I end up that night, I, I haven't done anything I thought I was gonna do that day. Anybody else have days like that? Or weeks like that? Our lives tend to be like that. And so whatever it is that you set your attention on determines the direction you go and the direction you go determines where you end up. Does that make sense to you? It does one or two of you. You know what the word is that we're talking about here? I've used it a couple times. The word is focus. What you focus on determines where you're going to go in life. It determines what your relationship with God will be as you are on this Jesus path. Because let me tell you, there are things, there are squirrels all around us that are trying to get us off that path. And some of these things that grab our attention can be, can be very attractive. Can be things that we really are interested in and that really do captivate uh, our mind. Uh, in, in, uh, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse uh, 25, he writes this word, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Then your ways will be sure. Don't swerve to the right nor to the left. Turn not your foot away from evil. Focus. Just pay attention. Look where you're going. And I hope when I say that, that you're going the way you should be going. But as you are going that way, this kind of Christian life won't work. I'm going this way. I'm never going to get there. I'm going to trip. I'm going to stumble. I'm going to say, this is hard. Here's how you get there. You focus and you keep going. Distractions around me. Make sure your footing is secure. Make sure your focus is right. That's how you end up where it is that you want to go. Now, I told you two principles. The principle uh, of the path, the path that you're on determines your destination. We've talked about the principle of attention. Whatever gets your attention determines the direction you go while you're on that path. Let me give you the third one. And this is what the sermon's about today. Principle number three is the principle of choice. Here's the choice. Or here's the principle. You get to choose what you give your attention to. I, I thought about saying you have to choose what you give your attention to. But it's up to you. You make the choices that am I, do I keep going this way or do I get focused on this stuff that's off to the side? Which way do I go about life? That depends, that depends not on all the distractions around you. It doesn't depend on your wife or your husband or your children or your grandchildren, it's your choice. And you have to make it. It's not just one that you get to make, it's one that you have to make. When things come at you, you gotta decide, am I gonna turn aside 
or am I going to keep going this way? And we've already established that there's going to be all sorts of distractions come at us. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Yeah. Then it's important what we choose to do when those have come. And I have to make those choices. Do you understand that? And so it, it, it's important for us because here's what happens. I'm going to use, I'm going to use four verbs when it comes to, it, to your attention. Okay, four verbs I want to introduce to you that will help, hopefully help you to understand this. By the way, before I give those, I'm going to just say there are some things that are around us that are important for us to turn. There are some things that's important for us not to turn to keep going. Okay, here's the first verb that I want to throw in. As you go through life, there are going to be some things that capture your attention. Something will capture your attention. Another one, something will grab your attention. And do you know the difference between those? You understand what we've just said? Something that captures your attention is different than uh, something that pops up. It's something that pops up that you say, I need to pay attention to this. I need to turn over here and focus in this area for a moment. I need to see if this is real or not. That's an important thing to do. Now, what you may find is something that, because everything that's, that glitters is not necessarily gold, you turn aside and you say, no, I don't need anything to do with that. That's a choice that you make, and it puts you back on the path. That's good to do. It's good to focus on some of these things. But there are some other things that grab your attention. Is that a different verb than capture? Some, it's not just something that you're intrigued by. It's something that you are enticed by. And it forces you away. It's a more aggressive verb, isn't it? Whereas when it comes to capturing your attention, you get to make the choice. You choose to do that. When it comes to grabbing your attention, you just can't turn your eyes off of it. You know what that is for you. I know what it is for me. And those are things that I struggle with all the time as I'm on that path. The things that are struggles for you may not be struggles for me. Things that are struggles for me may not be struggles for you. You have to put in your situation. But there are some things that will capture your attention that are worth focusing on. And there are some other things that force you to pay attention to them. That grab your attention. Now let me share with you two other verbs, two other things about attention uh, that are important. The first, the next one is, the third one, you need to choose to give your attention. There are some things that happen in life that you say, I need to study this out further. I need to think on this a little bit further. Now you need to go into those things with both eyes open. There are some things that happen in life, however, that you don't have to study out, right? There are things that you know, right and wrong stuff that your mommy and daddy taught you when you were in preschool. You know that the stove is hot, don't touch it. And, you know, we, we know certain things that we should and shouldn't do. We don't have to think long and hard about them, but there are other things that come along in life, maybe experiences we haven't had yet, 
or aren't familiar with that we may need to just say, I need to study this needs to, I need to give my attention to this. There are other things where you choose to pay attention. Where you choose to pay attention. That's, that relates to the first one on there about capturing your attention and you choose then to pay attention to it. A voice, a direction, a, a, a sermon, a, a counsel, a word that from advice from someone. You choose whether you're going to pay attention to it or it forces perhaps you to give your attention whether you want to or not. It's so relentless and demanding. That's what we're dealing with here. As we're on this path to heaven, as we're on this path, as Jesus' path, there are, there are these things that we have to choose. And let me tell you what the difference is between capturing and get pain or grabbing and giving are. The things that are determined uh, by our emotions those kinds of things are the things that grab our attention, that cause us to focus. Um, your emotions. This sounds good. This looks good. I think I might like this. Be careful when you're on the path and that kind of thing pops up, where you're making decisions, your choices, using your emotions. Because your emotions will tell you, I know this is what mom and dad taught me. This is what I learned at church, whatever it may be. But this is what I want. This is what I think I'd like to do. I know that I can tell you from experience, those are the kinds of things that have tripped me up all along this pathway. Things that I know I shouldn't do, but I do. Because they... In a moment, we would say it this way, in a moment of weakness, it looked good to me. You got anything like that? Ever have any, any distractions? Those things that you make from your emotions. And the other one are the things that are done by intentionality. Intentionality means I intended to. It's a decision that I am making not based on my emotions, but on my um, intellect, what I know I should do and what I know I shouldn't do. I will tell you, it is harder to make decisions, to live life based on intentionality than on emotions. But I, I will tell you that it's easier to live your life based on intentionality than on emotions. I just said the same thing in reverse, didn't I? That if I am going to choose what I want, what I like, and what feels good and all these things, it's going to be fun for a little while. And then I'm going to have a mess that I have to clean up. Have you ever noticed at the Super Bowl commercials, all the beer ads, everybody that's drinking the beer is having fun? Now, I'm not preaching against beer here, okay? But they always show the fun parties and the fun times that people have. They never show the next morning <laughs> when the hangovers are there. And now people who go and have to have a drink to get rid of their problem uh, find that they've still got their problem the next morning and they've got another one to add to it. 
if you choose emotions, it's easier to live your life based on emotions, but it's harder to live your life based on emotions because it will eat your lunch. Intentionality is harder to do because there are some things over here that, man, I'd really like to go do that. I'd really like to chase that. But you can't because I have chosen intentionally what I'm going to do with my life and the direction that I make. That's harder to do, but it's easier to do because it doesn't bring in all the other problems. That's why Solomon spends so much time in Proverbs telling you how to stay on the path. Because if you'll stay on the path, eventually you will understand it's going to take you where you want to go. And it's going to get you there safely. So emotions and intentionality. Let, let, me, let me give you an, an illustration, a biblical illustration. Are you familiar with a guy named Moses? Well, you can read his story back in the first five books. In fact, he's writing these, this story of his life. And in the book of Exodus, he tells the account. He gives the account. He gives his testimony of how it is that God called him to, to go and lead the children of Israel out of bondage uh, in Egypt. Now, I'm not going to tell you all the Moses story. I just want to fast forward ahead to where he's a grown man. He had to leave Egypt because he murdered a man. He thought he was doing the right thing. He turned aside and made an emotional decision. And he murdered a man and he had to go into hiding. He became, he went on the lamb. And he goes to the, as far away from Egypt as he could, to the backside of the desert in the Sinai Peninsula. And there he met a man, married his daughter, and he settled down. And this one who was living in the palaces of Egypt now is living, watching sheep on the backside of the desert. And he does this for a period of nearly 40 years of his life. 40 years in Egypt, now here. And on one occasion, as he's out watching his sheep, he's going to have an encounter that he's not sure when he has it, what it is. It's told in Exodus chapter 3. And I want to, I'm going to start reading to you the story, beginning at verse 2. Just going to read two or three verses. While he's out looking, at the backside of the desert, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Okay, get the picture? Tumbleweed in the desert, dry, hot, arid, spontaneous combustion happens all the time. All you need is fuel and heat and air, and you got that. And so, he had probably, I'm going to go out on a limb here because the Bible doesn't tell us. I'm going to probably say he had seen this before. He had seen things on fire in the desert before. But here, this is the, the according to the word of God, the angel of the Lord that appears to him in this bush. And here is Moses walking along on his path. And it says, when he saw that, when he caught that out of the corner of his eye, he looked, and behold, the bush was burning, but it was not being consumed. That's different. In your fireplace, if you have a fireplace, 
and you put a log in there, you'll see the fire, but you'll see the, the, the wood eventually be consumed and become ashes. He had seen a, a tumbleweed burning before, but this one was different because there was fire, but it wasn't consuming the bush. Tumbleweeds, those kinds of bushes in the desert can be very, very dry and can, can flash up in, in a fire. And so he, he's intrigued by this. And so he's going to have to make a choice. What am I going to do? He chooses to go over and check it out more closely. And here's what he says in verse 3. Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. I don't think when he got up that morning, his goal was for the day, well, watch the sheep, make sure I get back home with all of them. And I'd sure like to see a burning bush and have it talk to me for a little while. This was something that as he's going on his Jesus path, he looks over here and he sees something that says, and he makes an intentional choice of his to go over. He's paying attention to it. He's going over to the weed, to, to the fire, and he wants to check it out more closely. I want to see why the bush is not being burned. Now that may sound like he's easily distracted. That, that makes sense to me. There are some things that when I think about them, I say, you know, this isn't the way... I've ever seen it before. You ever had things like that? You, you see the same thing over and over and over again, but on some occasion, it's the, it looks the same, but it's different. And so you, you say, I want to go over here and I want to see what it is and why this bush isn't being burned. Now, I want you to know, God has not spoken to him yet in what we just said. He didn't go down the road and see a fire and then hear a voice. He saw something and then he paid attention to it and he says, this is different. I'm going to go check this out. And then God chose to speak to him. Look at the rest of verse 3. The rest of verse 3, he says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see it, God called to him out of the bush. Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. And you know the rest of the story, how God tells him he's going to send him to Egypt. I'm going to, I'm going to suggest to you that he's acting not out of emotions, but out of his, his intention. And I also want to say that, that as he's going along, that, uh, that there, were, there were all these other distractions, but this one caused him not to grab his attention. A lot of things will do that but rather something that he says, this is worth me finding out. I'm going to stop what I'm doing, and I'm going to listen to God. That's a choice. That's intentionality. And that's where you and I typically must live our lives. So let me ask you this question. What has your attention What's going on in your life that is causing you to stop and to pay attention? What is the focus of your life? What are you focused on? What has your attention? I got to thinking about this. I've been preaching to you out of the Old Testament. That's 
design, of course. But they're also, these have New Testament principles as well. This, has to, this teaches us about the way that we have to choose what gets my attention. In the book of Philippians chapter 3, Paul, who is, who's in prison when this is being written, Paul is intrigued uh, by the fact that he is at the end of his life. He's, he knows that at any time he's going to be uh, executed for his faith and his faithfulness to preach the word. I have never in my life sat on death row. Okay? I can't begin to imagine to know that I'm going to be executed soon. I don't necessarily know the date, but I know that I am going to be executed. That would be a hard way to go through every day, wouldn't it? That'd be a hard path to be on. I want you to see what Paul's focus was on during that time. Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 13. He writes, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, that I have come to this place of maturity. If he says, one thing I do, one thing I do is this. I forget the past and I look those things that lie behind and I strain forward to what lies ahead. But there's a key to life right there, by the way. This is a part of the sermon. Can I just say this? Most of us are dragging our yesterdays with us throughout our life. The failures, the mistakes, the things I just said, the things that I did, the things that I shouldn't have said, I shouldn't have did, whatever they were, we drag them along with us. Paul says the key to his life is forget those things. They're done. Jesus died to forgive those sins. Quit dragging them with you. And he says, instead, I strain forward. I focus on what lies ahead. And he goes on in verse 14 and says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Then he says this. That's, that's a great testimony. Okay? That's neat that he has that. Well, what about me? As long as he, as long as he doesn't mention me, then it's just something good to read and talk about in Sunday school. But what he says is this, the very next verse, let those of us who are mature think the same way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Forget the past, strain forward, keep your focus ahead with what, whatever it is that God has for me, which may include execution. But he says, I'm going to do that and that's the way every one of us, if we're mature, are to think. And if you choose to think otherwise, God will set you straight. You know, there, you know that there are several ways that God sets us straight. One is we go through the school of hard knocks and we find out the hard way. And the other is that God brings us to church one Sunday morning and lets somebody tell it to us. And we can make the choices then. 
It's easier to make the choice. I will tell you, it is easier to make these decisions, to make these commitments in this room than it is when you're out there on the path. But God will take care of that as well. Now that's what, uh, that's what, uh, what Paul has to say. And by the way, almost every book of the Bible talks about living a focused life just like this in some way. For instance, the author of the book of Hebrews, a little bit later in the New Testament, he says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, we must pay more careful attention. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift far from it. We don't pay attention. Here's the way that I hear it said all the time. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. <clears throat> if we don't pay attention to what we've heard, if we hear something over and over and over again, walk away from it, never doing I ought to make the change. I know I ought to do this. I ought to do that. And I never do. We'll drift off. Remember, it's easier to drift off, but it's harder to drift off because then you've got to fight your way back onto the path. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Some of you that are here today have drifted away from the faith, maybe for a while, and you wonder how it happened. You just woke up one day and you said, wait, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. It's because we didn't pay attention and it led us to drifting away from God. We didn't choose that. It happens. So the same author of Hebrews also tells us what you need to do to stay on the right path. In Hebrews chapter 12, you know, he talks about lay aside the sin, the weight that does so easily beset us. And, uh, Put up Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus. That word looking is a word that means to look intently, to gaze at, to fixedly watch something. So some versions translate this verse, this phrase, fix your eyes on Jesus. To fix something means to freeze, to get, to get so focused that you can't hear anything that's going on around you. Look to Jesus, uh, who is the founder and the perfecter of our faith. And then, then he goes on in the, in the next verse and says, um, who, or who, the rest of that verse, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame of the cross and is seated at the right hand of God. That's what he says we are to live like, just like Jesus did. Focus. Stay focused. Don't let anything divert your attention. To grab your attention, pay attention. Give attention to something. God will direct you as you go down this path. 
It really is simple, but it really is hard, difficult to do. It's just worth it. One Somebody, in writing about how much uh, God loves us, how much Jesus loved us, and how focused he was when he came to the earth, wrote a song about it. The early, I'm talking about back in the days of the early church. Early church, while well, the Bible was still being written. Before this text was written. It's recorded by Paul in Philippians chapter 2. And I, I don't have the words to the screen. I want you to hear them. I want you to hear them. This is what this song says. Jesus, being in very nature God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant and being made in human likeness. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, here's where here's the end of the road. Here's where your destination is. There was a cross in Jesus' path, but he, he was faithful to it and even died on the cross. And here is what the why this is important. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. And he gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, before that, before Paul inserted that song, Paul said this phrase, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. This is how Jesus thought. This is how you Hard to think. Focus on that which God has for you. Don't get diverted from this side or that side or stumble over things that are in the way because we're careless as we walk through life. But instead, make the choices, the choice to follow the path of Jesus. I want you to bow your head with me, if, if you will. What do we do with what we've heard today? There may be some people here that need to get on the Jesus path. You're not on that path. You're, you're trying to handle life the way that you know best. You're sincere with it, but you're just off the path. You're not on that path, and you want to end up where it takes you. But only Jesus can take you to a relationship with God. Religion can't do that. Being baptized can't do that. Owning half a dozen versions of the Bible can't do that. Only Jesus can do that. Some of you may need to put your life on the path, on the Jesus path. There are others of us who have made that commitment and are on that path but are struggling. There are some things that we've encountered and maybe even involved in our life. 
that we need to turn away from and get back on that path. The great thing about, about Jesus is he forgives. He is a God of grace and of mercy. And he's a, have you heard the phrase, he's the God of the second chance? And he will give you another chance if you'll repent, if you'll confess, and if you ask for his guidance, he'll bring you back on the path. And others of us that are here may know of somebody. Somebody you know, somebody you live with, somebody you work with, somebody that's around you that's not on the path. You need to make a commitment to pray for them and to help them to know and to understand the path. You see, here's the, here's the, the essence of all this. We're going to have to know, we're going to have to understand and be willing to choose Jesus. Father, in these next few moments as we, as we just are attentive to your voice with what we should do, speak to each one of us, Father. May each one of us make commitments as you lay them on our hearts. That stirring that uneasiness, help us to know and understand that may be your Holy Spirit speaking to us. So may we be like Moses and be willing to turn aside and see what this is all about. So Father, in these next few moments, I just pray that your spirit speaks to our hearts. I ask this thing now in Jesus' name. Amen.